Welcome to Fiction to Function. I'm Sean Melton. I'm Seth Melton. And I'm Andrew Watson. We are in the next episode of the series that we never named. And by this point, I should have named that series. And by this point, I should have come up with a successful log off. And I don't have one. So I feel like at the beginning and in every one of these episodes, I look like, or I sound like rather, a putz. Um, But this is where we're kind of to give people a frame of reference for the people who are going to be on the podcast. And uh, we want to almost conduct sorts of interviews with the people who are close to us, the people who are in our friends group, who we usually wind up having these conversations about off air. Um, we thought the best way to handle that would be to start them off with uh, explaining a little bit about themselves and a little bit about their relationship with fiction and a little bit about how that has been important in our relationship and in their life overall. So with that, uh, today we have Andrew Watson with us. Um, I'm trying to get into the mode for this episode. Okay. Um, just because, just because I got I got done watching Queer Eye, and okay. so it's a tonal shift for me, <laughs> where I'm like I was into, into a very emotional place, and now now I'm kind of uh, talking about the the motion okay. picture we we're talking about, which I'm talking about like it's going to be a spoiler. But if you've clicked on this episode, you must have um, known where we were going with this. Well, let's start with Andrew Watson. Yeah. How do we meet, Andrew? Be honest with you. It's, it's been a minute since I've thought about this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a real minute, but I know um, there's a, essentially a classmate of mine, good friend uh, at the time, and still, obviously, <laughs> sure. Dave Mustapick. Uh, I would go over to his house quite a bit, and somehow we intersected. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was his older brother, uh, Doug. Kind of. I want to say, kind of brought... We used to hang out at... um, Every, like, once a week, a bunch of our friends would go to, I think, Wendy's. Was that it? Oh, yeah. Real good. Yeah. Yeah. And and there was a whole group of, like, kids. And I say Mm -hmm. kids, but we were probably... No, it was children. Yeah, we were in high school. So we were either, like... To the towards the end of high school right. or just out of high yeah. school, yeah. And we hung out with, um, we would go and hang out at Wendy's once a week for whatever reason. And there was a whole other crew who was there, yeah. and we all just kind of crossed paths because we were all this uh, yeah. similar age, yeah. And then people who I was hanging out with went to school mm-hmm. with people who were coming from the other group, right? And that's how Doug kind of came into yeah. our fold, which is how he kind of came in. Yeah. And then we would go hang out at. And then Doug and David's house on the yeah. weekends. And then eventually, yeah, weekends became a you know a, a primary you know uh, thing for us. A staple mm-hmm. of our yeah yeah. yeah it's just every weekend was just I'm gonna go to Dave's house or eventually got your own place, and that's where real uh, things things really accelerated. Well, yeah, when we used to go over to their house um, on the weekends, and we would all hang out. I think I remember vaguely the first time that you were there, because we actually actually just had this conversation recently, Watson, because for, for a while you were like, I said, I was like, you were kind of low-key into cars. Oh, yeah. And you were like, no, I was like legitimately into cars for like two years, Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I had my Honda Prelude, and I was... <laughs> That was hot stuff, man. Well, it was fun. it was wild to me because I think that was that I think Fast and the Furious did that. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, Tokyo Drift definitely had an influence on teenagers in two thousand six. Yeah, man. and can I tell you, you got something? you got to accept that. And you're not kidding, are no. you? No, I'm not. And that's what cracks me up because I remember, I loved the first Fast and the Furious. Right. 
And I love the first Fast and the Furious because it was basically, and my uncle re- presented it to me this way, mm-hmm. is it was uh, point break with cars, which is exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it is, right? Right, right. It's, if, it's like, it's the same beats. Right. It's like, dude right. infiltrates it. Dude kind of becomes cool. It's yeah. like a rough and rowdy sport. Yeah. It's like really it, like it, it, extreme. It yeah. With an extreme. X. X games yeah. at the height right there. Right. And yeah. so I was like, okay, well, and I, I love the first Fast and the Furious movie. I really mm-hmm. did. And I still have a special place in my heart. You for shouldn't be movie. ashamed of that. Yeah. And then, and I and I remember seeing Too Fast, Too Furious in theaters and mm-hmm. it was garbage. It's one of the worst right. movies I've literally ever seen. Is that because Ludacris tainted it or? No. <laughs> I think that, that was just, I think it was just because, I mean, I don't know. The script was awful. It just became girls. It, it, it became check out these girls and check out these car these wheels right. and I was not about it. Okay. Um, not that the first one didn't have some of that, but then Tokyo Drift I was not about and Dave I watched right. it at that house because right. he's like you got to see Tokyo Drift. Right. It's the return of the franchise, which is again also kind of a garbage movie. But right. y'all were right impacted by this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I I could I could definitely say that it had an influence <laughs> on my vehicle purchases. Sure. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. And so we I'm wound up... Ashamed, we you wound know? up... Yeah, you shouldn't be. And <laughs> we, we just spent too much time on... Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I remember having, like, a conversation with you and be like, this guy's just a sweet guy. Yeah. And you really were... We kind of had, like... I'm trying to remember what were really our big connections. What grade were you in, first of all? I would have been in 10th grade. That's why I, I thought you yeah. were 16. So I was 16 when I first met you all. Which you're one of my few friends because a lot of our friends actually look pretty similar now, I feel like, from how they did. But you're a person who I remember how you looked at 16 and now you're, what, 28? Mm-hmm. 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. And I look at you now and I'm like, like you were like, you're a bigger guy than me. And at the time you weren't. Right. Which is wild. It is. But whatever the case, I remember we wound up having like a special connection. And yeah. somehow, eventually that wound up becoming when we, um, me and some of the other guys moved into our own place. And this was after you were out of high school. After we were all out of high school, right? I was still in high school when you guys got that Were place. you really? Yeah, I was. Because you're what, two years younger than me. Mm. Okay. That's wild. Okay, so you used to come over there, and then right. I guess that's where it really built. That is where it really built, because then that those weekends transpired into weeknights. Yeah. And then the summer hits, and it's like, hey, what, what's Sean and the gang up to? Right. And uh, it just went from there, man. Yeah. It's wild because, and, and maybe you can help me with this, when did movies, and, and specifically movies, become like a staple of our relationship? I'd say right out the gate, man. Because it, it, I'll be real with you, it wasn't before I really started hanging out with you guys. It was just kind of one of those things, yeah, I'll get to it. Right. And then I didn't really have anybody to share like legitimate dialogue with it. Yeah. Um, so it, it just became, it, it, it's entertainment before I met you guys, now it's entertainment plus some thought-provoking conversation. Right. That's, I mean, you guys know it's hours and hours we've discussed these things. That's why you guys are doing it now, this podcast. Yeah. But what's interesting is that you, it, it, it's interesting to me that that wasn't a bigger deal before we met. Right. Because it's become, become such a staple of our sure. friendship now. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you would have told me that you were always like that, I would have believed it. And right. even your, for some, you know, background knowledge for the listeners... Once a year, and every so often we'll miss lately after people are getting married and having kids and all that. But for a long time, we went over to your parents' house Mm -hmm. for Oscar parties. Yeah. That was the big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was because you were into those films, I was into those films, Seth was into those films, yada, yada, yada. Right. And that really started after we, uh, I guess, what, when we moved into our own place or, or really before that then? 
Because I remember we used to watch movies over at that house. They had like right. a movie room. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and I know we were just talking recently about DVDs and loaning DVDs. And well, yeah, like that. that that's something. It's one of my fondest memories of you is, you know, we think back to when you were 19, 20. Right. And, you know... We're just essentially rugrats right. with no legitimate income. Oh, yeah. And just living some wild ways. Living off that restaurant money. Yeah. It, I, whatever. That's photos money. Yeah, whatever. You know, day to day. Yeah. It, how you made rent and all that was... I don't, miraculous. I don't, miraculous. So I remember, you know, movies are so have always been a staple for you and your brothers, but I just remember coming in, you had this massive DVD collection and... I just loved how wild you were with just handing them out to people. And especially like me, you're like, boom. And this is where we'll get into training day. But essentially you handed me training day. Like, you gotta, you just gotta watch this. Denzel's so good. I love this film. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, I'll, okay, I'll, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, and I, I just, I just respected that because here's this kid. I know he doesn't have a lot of money, and the majority of his investment are these DVDs because he enjoys it so much, but he wants to share that experience with the people he loves, and that's amazing because well, he's just, like, giving it out. Yeah, and... And he would, you wouldn't even be like, hey, where, where's that at? Like, years would go by, and you don't, you didn't even ask, like, yeah. about it. I, I yeah. promise you there's probably six to 700 DVDs amongst yeah. 30 people oh, yes. that have Absolutely. yet to be returned yeah. to you. And I'm calling them all, all out right now. <laughs> Return them. Return them. No, I mean, you're still like that. Yeah. yeah and I still yeah. think that because I, I collect things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're like, can someone borrow this because I don't have it? And I'm like. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, give me their digits. What's their home address? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. It's in, like, in your, uh, like, honestly, I was even, like, stressing out about, like, lending out the, the Hellboy comics. Yeah. Like, to you guys. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm just not, like, I mean, it's... Yeah. And f- and furthermore, I, I know we used to thrift thrift stores were a big deal for us oh, for a minute. Yeah, we would go out and crush you know whatever Goodwill or crush thrift, them. crush yeah. them, yeah. smoke them, mm-hmm. and uh, you would constantly be like, oh, so and so doesn't have this Criteria <laughs> Collection DVD. Right, I gotta snag it for him. Right, you always have like an inventory of like yeah, you had like twelve like Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, like, you got yeah, I literally I did have a lot of Royal Tenenbaums just because yeah. I would buy them if somebody didn't have it because it's that that movie's excellent. Uh, it is. <laughs> so yeah. here's and, and I mean, it's interesting and I appreciate that. But for me and this, I'm actually glad you brought that up because. I don't know if we've talked about this on the. I think we probably talked about it briefly on some level, but I just love. I've always loved talking about films, literature, comics with other people because I feel like more often than not you're talking about the real things, mm-hmm. which is interesting because most right. people probably wouldn't assume that. Mm-hmm. You think if we were talking about your car or how we're decorating, you know, how we're redoing our kitchen or whatever, that's the real stuff. But this guy wants to just go and you know watch this movie for the 18th time but for me it's because when i'm watching training day 
I want to have the conversations that we're about to have right here. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about something that's bigger and more impactful and that really draws into like the soul of a person. And I feel like good films and good literature does that for mm-hmm. you. It allows you to connect to these deeper themes that you might not ever experience mm-hmm. in your own life, at least not in is um, blatant of a way is right, are is right. they're presented in film. And so for me, I want to, I, I just I really do love sharing that experience. Yeah. I'm so glad. And we'll get to this in a minute, but I'm so glad that you picked Training Day, because this has always been one of this is one of my oldest favorite films. This has always been one of since the first time I saw it. This has been one of my favorite movies, and to have an excuse to watch it, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit, <laughs> right, Seth? Because yeah. it's like because I've seen Training Day probably 25 times. Yeah, I was thinking that I probably I probably I watched it today, yeah. um, earlier today, and I was thinking and I wasn't gonna watch it beforehand. And the reason why is I know that movie like the back of my hand. Yeah, and, and I don't I didn't even realize how much like how much that is the case. Yeah. Um, but then I thought about it. I'm like I've probably seen that movie honestly like 15, 16, 17, 18 times. Yes, yeah. But it came out in two thousand one. One, yeah. So it's been out for eighteen years. Yes, yeah. it's wild. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. And crazy. that's what I'm saying is like, and for me, it's and and I love being able to go and revisit these films because when you're younger, for those of you who are really into movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you're younger, you've got like you know however many VHSs you have, sure. And so you'll watch those repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things with Training Day. I would watch Training Day repeatedly. And so I, it's did wild. you have it on VHS? I'm trying. Yeah, we did. We I think did. we was oh, that we my did. first time I bought it. We the first time yeah. we had it was on VHS. Yes. Wow. Thank you for that because yeah. I was. And we'll so get to, who would have purchased that? We'll get to that in a minute. Because <laughs> that because that's 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 uh, to to. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of close the loop on on the conversation about the loaning out the DVDs mm-hmm. and all that stuff, that, it's because I want to be able to share those connections with people because I think we're talking about real things and I really right. really love that. Right. Which is why I'm so I am so beyond blessed to be able to have this conversation and be allowed to have this conversation with you. Mm. Like I love this connection. We you know that's we like I I, I don't know if a week's gone by in our friendship where a training day reference hasn't been made. Oh yeah. Because so, yeah. because it's I mean, it's Seth. You were just saying this. You watched with your wife. Yeah, Denzel's dialogue. Yeah, it's like she she was saying she was like every other line he says it's the best line in any movie. Ever. It's, ma- it's yeah. magic. It's you ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, magic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. It's not know. what you know. It's what you can prove. That's right. It's so good. You want to go to jail? You want to go home? Want to go to jail? You want to go home? Yeah. I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> All right. So. On that note, what made you pick training? Is that I mean, like, this is where we usually ask the question: What made you pick training day? Is that kind of why? Is there more you'd like to add? What made me pick training day, specifically for this podcast you host, is I think it's a film I love and adore. But it's I love and adore it so much because you handed it to me yeah. first and was like, "You gotta." I'm like, "Okay," and I did, and I never looked back. Yeah, it's so good, and it's it it's it you you didn't let me down. Yeah. And then from that, everything else you recommend is I'm like, okay, I can trust Sean because of training day. Yeah. <laughs> because of training day. <laughs> we record on a table. I feel like we should just... That would be fine. Oh, okay. But but, it's yeah, it's hard to kind of yeah. be able to tell. when. Some, yeah. So I'm apologizing right now. If you ever hear this noise, because this noise happens when people are getting into it and we talk yeah. with our hands and yeah. we're smacking this table yeah. and at some point hopefully we'll have better equipment yeah um yeah no I, I mean i really appreciate that i think that that um that 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 film really is one of my favorites and 
I have my reasons for it. Let me ask you this, because I know... Would you say it's one of your favorites? Yeah, it's definitely... It's up there? Within the top ten. And so why is it up there for you? Let, let, but Not to go too much into it, but why, why is it up there enough for it to be the one that you brought here, other than the fact that we have a connection with it? It's one of the few films that I think due to watching it so much, the entertainment value just increases every time. Right. And for me, yeah, it's... It's I like Denzel just becomes almost comedic because yeah. I I can't get over that this character was just so electric. Right. Yeah. And and he makes me laugh so much, but this is a very serious, graphic, dramatic look at like some, you know, wild yeah. narcotics police work. Yes. And uh it but it, it's got this entertainment value that just increases. Like yeah. super smash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just it just increases in yeah. value yeah you don't and, get tired of it and i i don't no, and I every don't. time i watch it i i get reminded like yes yeah I, this is this is so satisfying well that's it you know that's something that's true with even the dialogue like it's something yeah. like I, each time i think each time i've watched it there's something i missed yes I'm like yeah it's the best line you know? and yeah that's wise because it's like you didn't realize it you didn't um Notice it the first time. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. And so that was some of your, so you've explained your first time watching it, right? I gave it to you. Uh, right. The first, and, and we've kind of alluded to this. I'm going to say at this point, by the mm -hmm. way, we're going to get more and more into talking about the film. If you haven't seen Training Day, I can't suggest it enough. Yeah. If I know you, I'll lend it to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's an excellent, and if, and if, and if I don't know you, then uh, if I did know that I would right. buy you a copy. Oh, absolutely. But the th the truth is, is that it's 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 a movie that's really important to me, and it's a great one. But to talk about Training Day, I was thinking about this today. To talk about Training Day without talking about spoilers is not going to work at all. Mm -hmm. Right. More than most. Right. Because the crux of the, I wouldn't want to take away from anybody experiencing. Yeah. What this is, because we all know that it's kind of like. You know the the tagline for the film is. Uh, the the only thing more dangerous than the line being cro crossed is the cop who will cross it. Yeah. Okay. And that that's that's what you'll know going into it. It's like sure. okay, this guy's a rough and ready guy. But right. it's there's it's more than that. So if you haven't listened, if you haven't watched it, that this is your well, one. Fa yeah, fascinating. I I think I've watched it so many times that I I haven't much like Terminator Two. I don't think I've thought about it in that way. Right. Like, it, you walk in knowing what you're about to watch. Exactly. With Denzel, specifically. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, wow, that would be, like, a crazy experience, like, to watch it not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that this guy's, but, yeah. That, that this guy's not a good guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, Seth, our yeah. first time, do you remember? No. Our first I, time? I don't. I think, and, and I'm kind of revisiting this with mm -hmm. you. I think that it was at, and we've talked about this before, and we actually just talked earlier about my uncle who introduced me to Fly Out to the Furious and Point Break for that matter. Yeah. I think it was at his house. I think you're right, yeah. I think he had it on HBO. So this would have been like probably a year after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, which that timeline makes sense to me because if yeah. this was about a year or so after it came out, I would have been about 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. Right. And this, and, and I was glued to this and this is again a testimony to my uncle who i love very much who he was like he presented it to me yeah as a moral tale mm -hmm. sure we've had a conversation we've had conversations about this being a moral tale absolutely 
which is, I mean, if you had to sum it up in one term, what it, what I would say it is. And yeah. and watched it there. Um, I be, I believe that was the first time we watched it was at his house because he was yeah. the only person who I knew who again he had the we've talked about this before but he had satellite. Mm-hmm. Um, now that from there. We actually owned this on VHS, and so you asked a lot who yeah. purchased that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was probably probably one of our. We found it at a yard sale and smuggled it and in just so snuck whatever. it in for yeah. a quarter. Yeah. Well, I was I was I've always been a big fan of Denzel. Um, yeah. How, yeah. How can you not? How can you not? How yeah. can you not? Yeah. The glory and but he that. really is like that's your guy. Yeah. He was well. He would. Yeah. And he still is. He probably is. Yeah. My favorite actor, him or Matthew. McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. For those who don't know, if you're yeah. if you're in our family, the Matthew basis. means Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Tinsel's uh, always been high up there. So anything he was in, which is funny enough for me, I wasn't crazy about this movie when I first watched it. Because that's right, I forgot about because that. I didn't like that he was like the bad guy. You right. Know? <laughs> I thought he was the good guy. <laughs> you just wanted him to be. I just wanted. Well, I wanted him to yeah. be, and then I also think I uh, under I, I like. Uh, which will, I mean, we can get into it now, but I'm yeah. like, there's a yeah. level where it's like, they, they set it up, especially his conversation with uh, Hoyt mm-hmm. after the scene with Roger. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to go into this, but. Just he, dive right in. Baby. Yeah. Like when he, when he's like, this has been like a investigation I've been part of for mm-hmm. yes. this many years. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Like, like he, like he, he was like, you're coming in you're thinking that he, me and him are friends. Yes. You know. I've been working on this for a while. Yeah. And he's not a good guy. This is how it goes. You Roger dip your hands a little bit. Kids. Yeah, he, the exactly. world's a better place without him. Right. right. <laughs> so it's like, there's a level where you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, like. Yeah. It, uh, my wife kept saying, you know, when we were watching it, pretty much like, what would you do? You know, like. If you were you're, Yeah. Because yeah. you're oh, on this geez. job site. Yeah. Which I want to know what you would do. Specifically, because it's like you're on this job site, right? You know, well, yeah. and explain that. So it's because you work in law enforcement. I do. Yeah. 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 And so on a not because level, of, not because of training day. No, but some for other other reasons. Of, but, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit because of Hoyt, though, right? Well, sure. Yeah. yeah, I Hoyt, I love Jake. Jake. <laughs> so why I love Jake? Yeah, is it is a relentless drive. Yeah. To do what's right, yes. Yeah. No matter, yeah. I'm, it, no matter what, and ultimately, that's what saves him. Yes, is the relentless drive to do what's right. Yeah. And I love how they wrote that. Yes, that this Denzel obviously has this master plan. Right, yeah, working this. Alonzo, yeah, Alonzo. Yeah. He's been planning this all week. He's been planning this all week. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. He has the master plan. That ultimately, that's foolproof. Yeah. Right. But if Hoyt doesn't save that girl, yeah. It goes through, and if he doesn't make that decision, because it's very easy for him to not it, it from, and it's a real quick shot. You don't really see what's going on. I mean, he's high. He, he's happens, high. Right? He, yeah. He's 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 off. He's off. I'm keeping a PG here. He's off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So he he sees this in the way it shots. Just this one blur. Like oh, yes. I could. It's very easy to be like, oh, it's a bum fight. Right. And. That could have been Hoyt's perception. It's, oh, it's just a bum fight. Right. But even that was enough for him to be like, dude, stop the car. Yeah. He still had this instinctual drive to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, and Wong's like, what the hell are you talking about? Da, da, da. You know, he's trying to, and he's like, dude, stop, stop, stop. So he goes, obviously, the rest plays out. He kicks their ass. Yeah. He does the right thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what ultimately saves him in the end, is that one decision. And it's very, it, what I'm trying to convey coming from law enforcement, when you're in investigations, you don't got time for the bum fights and right the silly domestics and all this that's that's for that's a road patrol issue right mm-hmm. so something that's as small as like two people fighting it you know like it, it you could very easily be like we don't got Skip time that. for that we get we get we got to we've got bigger things to do right now right but jake jake finds time devil's in the details right yeah right and, and so when seth asks what you would do? Can you explain? Because I don't. I know you didn't mean specifically in that situation. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you saw that, yeah, no, what I, jump what I, in. You know, um, yeah. What would you do with a with with if you had? So you know, yeah, there's so many layers because it's right. like you know he has a kid. You know, oh yeah, he has a kid. Yeah, he's getting this pay grade, and you know his wife's like, don't don't go mess this up. You know, right. so he has that stress on him. Mm-hmm. So he's going into this thing, and it's like I know for me, especially in, in any line of work, if you yeah. if you're working, you no, know, no matter where you're working, it's like you get, especially someone that's as uh, high regarded as Alonzo is, mm-hmm. they st- he starts uh, directing you. Right. You're gonna like not only want to trust him, it's like there's almost this like um, uh, enchantment that right. that uh, someone of. Alonzo's position has right. over someone over like Hoyt. Right. You know what I mean? You're gonna be like this guy's been 18 years on the road or yeah. 23 years something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like you know, what would you do in a situation where you have someone like doing that to you? You know, like smoke this, do this, do that. Even I, I, you know, yeah. I, I'm gonna be straight up. I go back to cut cutting tickets in the valley. Really? You just say I'm done. I'm not doing <laughs> okay. it. Well, that's, but that's that's, what, that's something that obviously it's a fictional film and to, to portray that Alonzo is an accurate depiction of certain narcotics law enforcement. That's yeah. a, a little exaggerated. It's Absolutely. Hollywood. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But given the circumstance still, it's, it's a highly regarded, decorated mm-hmm. individual that very important people trust. Mm-hmm. And you're nobody. Right. To buck the system is like... It, Especially it, when this guy's got the deck stacked against you. Because right. he says, he's like, right. you so got three decora- four decorated officers yeah. to say, you, you shot, shot Roger. Yeah. Right. Well, and let's... I mean, by that point, by the point where, you know, the uh, heist happens, if you want to even call it sure. that. Sure. Um, we know that Denzel's not a good guy. But right. we don't know prior to that, and that's kind of what I was trying to say earlier, where it's like, it's hard because I'm like, I got My mindset was would be kind of like, when he, even when he's like, smoke that. And he's like, no, I would have said no, but he's like, what are right. you, religious or whatever, and then he's right. like, no, and then he puts a gun to his head, and he's like, no. But then he's like, if you were on the street, you'd be dead. Right. And I'm the, like, and I would the, be like, okay. And that's what's so hard about Alonzo is he goes off the rails, yeah. but he's got a reason. Yeah. And But the whole time he's manipulating Jake, or mm-hmm. trying to at least. Right. And it, so you're like, but this guy's trying to put him in this awful position, but then you, you really dissect it, and it's like... Well, he's got a good reason. Yeah. Every single time, just yeah, about. Right, right. And it's only until really towards you know, we get towards the, Roger. Yeah, yeah, towards Roger that we realize okay, <laughs> well, this I, is really getting off the rails here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's this so, is, and I love uh, what's his name? Obviously, Ethan Hawke. And yeah, I love so Ethan Hawke. Like, yeah, like, yeah. He, he is like, so. Ah, cute. Like, I love Ethan Hawke. They're so going for the money, and he's like, "You kid, like he's, he's like, like yeah, it's all right. He's like, if this time you're not comfortable, I'll hold it." Oh, look, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. How's your comfort level? 
Oh, I'm very comfortable. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's this, I think, and I think that it's, it's, and, and so, and I think this kind of ties into the whole, like, so when we asked you, like, what would you, because uh, it's on the record. Is that, is that cop talk? Does that what? work? I'm just kidding. On the record. So, but on the record, I'm like, I, I've known you 12 years. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy. Mm-hmm. You're a really good guy. And the interesting thing is, is that knowing you as long as I have, it's interesting because your law enforcement would not be my first thing to, to pick right. a, a, a 20-year-old Andrew Watson as yeah. a good career for you. Right. Yeah. And I would agree. So, uh, so I would yeah. have thought. Yeah. And what's been fascinating to me and, and knowing you and watching you go through this process and you move up, uh, up the ladder is that it's because... You are not looking for trouble because I think that that can happen, right? You right. can have guys in there who have the wrong mindset. I mean, clearly, right. like, there's a lot right. of that going on. Right. You care about the individual. You've told me enough individual stories about people where you've gone out of your way to go and try to actually do what is right by them, even people who most would consider that person's just a bum or that person's just whatever they would say. Mm-hmm. And I really respect that about you. Now, the reason I bring that up is because there's a part of me that when I watch this, I, I can't help but think of, of Watson in that situation. I think that you and Hoyt are cut from the same cloth. Yeah, for so sure. To speak. You know, and I and, think that that's awesome. I, 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 I love not to jump to the end, but I do love when he like takes the badge. Yeah, and he's like, you don't deserve them. this. You don't deserve this because it really puts cops in the light that they should strive to be at you right know? yeah like, right. because so cool. they can go into this alonzo place we do sure. see people abuse of oh, power absolutely. we do see people who are are you know i mean and obviously in this situation it's like but yeah. racism even i think plays out in his situation it, it for him mm-hmm. even being i mean i was watching the deleted scenes today right yeah and there's scenes where he the way that he talks about the community that he's supposed to be protecting mm-hmm. it's about as racist as anything you've heard Mm-hmm. And obviously, racism racism can be an issue mm-hmm. yeah. in the, in law enforcement. Obviously, ill intent can be uh, uh, present, but you have there's and this is the word that that really hits me where where um, Hoyt is concerned, and uh, I'll, we'll get into this a little bit more later. But I'm like, there's a meekness to him, right? And I think that that same meekness is in you, which well. I really respect. I appreciate that. Now, with that, the reason I say that is because it's. I think it's so interesting when you ask the question, would you, so what would you do? Because I'm like, yeah. obviously, there's no part of me that doubts that if you saw what he saw on the street, knowing what's going on, you would have been out there trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt in the slightest. The rest of the stuff, though, and it's, it doesn't. you don't have to be in law enforcement to put yourself through these shoes. Right. No. Like you said, Seth, yeah. you're not, but you're thinking, what would I do yeah. when he's telling you to smoke this thing? You start a job you on come... the first day, right. and you have your boss telling you certain things and that aren't clear-cut. And here's the scary know. thing about him, too. You mm-hmm. said earlier, the devil's in the details. Yeah. Again, so I was watching a behind-the-scenes feature of... of and, and a lot of this, I'm kind of picking from a whole bunch of stuff and a lot of what I'm talking about. It's from having loved this film mm-hmm. for... 15, over 15 years, right? And then also uh, behind-the-scenes features, things I've watched, interviews, things that, you know, I'll be going into interviews from Denzel that I have stuck in my brain from when this film first came out that I always remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also comes from the fact that I'm actually writing a review right now about it, yeah. about Training Day. And even you said electric earlier on yeah, in, refer- in reference to Denzel's performance, and that's Absolutely. the exact word I used. Absolutely. Now, the reason I bring that up is one of the things that was always struck me is I'm like, there's an aspect of Denzel or Alonzo Harris where it really feels like this is the devil in this situation. 
Mm-hmm. So when you say, I feel like this guy, I would want to listen to him on some level, I think that a lot of things play into that. For one, they picked Denzel Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Who is like, you're trained to be uh, rooting for. Yeah, Because yeah. he's usually the hero. And right. this is such a different role for him. Right. But furthermore, uh, one of the, someone in the, the um, behind-the-scenes features on the Blu-ray or whatever was talking yeah. about this, where he was like, he was saying, he's like, you know, the devil always, doesn't always come to you with uh, horns and a tail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is, there is a seductive nature right. to him. And I think that a lot of that comes from the fact that a lot of what he's saying, I think on a level, is true. Yes. Yeah, that's a point I was going to touch on, for sure, is that just the aspect that... Um, I think by the end of the movie, you can absolutely see that this guy is uh, has no honor, which is a right. big problem. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like, a, a, and the entire day is trying to save himself. Really, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been planning this for weeks. Well, you yeah. know, he got in a bad situation a week prior. Yeah, due to him being a bad person. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. And it's fascinating because it's like by the end, you see, you see, like, on. Uh, upon layers yeah the fact that he's not a good guy right but that doesn't mean that i think a lot of um which we'll get into this but i'm like what i love is that i don't also on the flip side i don't think hoyt is a perfect man no beginning of the movie i think he's a little bit maybe too meek and what i love about the movie is the fact that it's like i see a transformation of a good man to a, a, a strong man or like a good strong man right you right, know what right, i mean because right. i do think that like it, to some extent it's interesting because it's like he takes alonzo's truths and he filters them mm-hmm. with his goodness and then becomes like the power that beats you know right. like, so, to some extent i guess the russians beat him but yeah. I, like i love the um part with when he you know he's like i saw you do that illegal chokehold He's like, I yeah. saw you implemented that chokehold there. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like, he's like, what, what happened? You did what you had, had to, to do. do, and th- he's right. That's what I'm saying yeah. is that there is there's do, truth in his yeah. Yeah, when he says, and I think that what you just said about Hoyt becoming that yeah. kind of good and strong the evolution force. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the antidote to right. Alonzo's perspective, which is manipulation and if you have any dirt right. on you no one's gonna trust you if you don't have any dirt on you there's actually right. a quote from denzel yeah. when he's talking about it and he said uh i think in some ways alonzo has done his job too well he learned how to manipulate how to push the line further and further and in the process he's become more hardcore than some of the guys he's chasing and yeah. i think that that is part of what's so interesting and, and i don't think that it just it's it's obviously not just applicable on the field i think it can also apply to your individual life because I think that there's two ways that you can kind of look at things in life and when hard times come and it's like you can become hardened and darker and decide that you need to be the thing that beats that and again like you said Seth there's an element of that that he does need to take he does need to take I need to be a little bit stronger I need to be a little bit tougher I need to say what I'm doing or I need to stand up for what is right Yeah. at the same time he needs to he, yeah, his heart is in the right place from the get go. I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. You know, I think it's what's fascinating is the idea that, um, which I struggle, I, I struggle with this a lot, and in, in with a lot of different aspects of life, but uh, especially I would imagine in law enforcement. But it's like uh, being a wolf to protect the sheep, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like he talks about it's like how. how um, how to like implement that in your life in a way that's not, uh, you know, h- how do you beat them without becoming them? Another reason why I love Batman, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like this idea of like, um, you can't just be a strong sheep. 
Right. You have to transcend past that right. into being yes. something that can fight a wolf, but you don't want to be a wolf. You the know? big law enforcement community, they say sheepdog and all that. It's yeah. over said, and I, I quite frankly get annoyed by it. But yeah. that's honestly the, the closest comparison you can say is okay. there's got to be something that protects the flock. Yeah. And there's got to be somebody that's willing to take the trash out. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that's really what it comes down to is you're going to get dirt on you when you've been dealing with trash all day. Sure, sure. And you right. see it, it, it transcends in law enforcement guys with, you know, whether it be alcoholism or their failed marriages or whatever it may be. But um, specifically with like Alonzo, he sees this as he has to, I don't know, at some point, he, he goes on about how you sound just like me. Yeah, you know, and I believe him too. I believe, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what's hard is that's that manipulation coming in. I'm like, oh, I want to believe him so bad. But I think, I mean, I even believe, I believe him. Well, yeah, right. Not only do you believe him because right. it's convincing, but I also believe that that was true. Right. I think he probably did start off. Well, Roger, I think he started Roger off this way. the first right. one. Right. In the movie. He's yeah, like, that's right. He, he looks so just like, like you, yeah. dude. Yeah. So you know, Alonzo justifies it, justifies it, and eventually he's in so deep that this is his way of operating. Right. And he's got no way to get out. And he, whether he realizes it or not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jake being fresh to it all and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, it, it's it's very interesting to watch mm-hmm. just within a day Yeah, what Hoyt's got to go through and Hoyt's transformation into yeah. what he needs to be Right. for that entire film, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So. And I, I think that when you talk about when we talk about Denzel's character, and, mm-hmm. and I, I should start off by saying there's an interesting element for me in this film because when I first we talked about it being a morality tale, right? Yes. Um, I always felt when I watched this, I was like, this film is about it's about doing the right thing. It's right. about ethics. Like they, you know, they make a joke about that yeah. at one point. Somebody didn't sleep through an ethics, right? Yeah. But there is an ethical piece to this film. Absolutely. Okay. And one of the things that really interested me is that that always stuck out to me from a young age. I was like, this this is a, a incredibly uh, poignant tale about good versus evil yeah, in sure. everyday life. Sure. And what was really fascinating to me is to find out that the, 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 the writer of this film, who actually wrote Fast and the Furious, yeah. ironically enough, which yeah. I... Did you know that? Yeah, no. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. So there's that. Um, but <laughs> David Ayer... Um, and, and I bring this up because I think that it holds relevance to the film. David Ayer, when he was writing and directing or whatever, and when he came out with his film Fury, mm-hmm. there was this whole like big deal about how Shia LaBeouf got, like, became a Christian sure. making the movie. Yeah. And he was saying that it was because David Ayer is a, he proclaims Christianity mm-hmm. is his faith. Like he's a, he's a believer in Christianity, right? And it's so interesting when I contrast that with this film. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, obviously, this sense of like morality is something that is important to him. Right. In the same way, Denzel Washington has always um, been pretty vocal about his faith. Sure. Yeah, specifically in Christianity as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was so interesting to me about this film is that he talked a lot about how he needed to, when he read this film, he connected to it deeply. And he needed to exp- he needed to to uh, 
reconcile. Yeah, he had to thank you. He had to reconcile his faith with the things that I mean, because this is about as rough, especially because you know I think about now. I was probably like I said about I was probably fifteen when I watched this. Right. Yeah. Right. The terms that I learned in this film. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Filthy. It's, Absolutely filthy. Oh, it's rough. Yeah. Educational. Yeah, it's very yeah. educational, yeah. right? Yeah. In that in that in that matter. And and he it really interested me because I I knew Denzel as being very vocal about his faith. Right. And I love when I heard this him him talk about how he had to reconcile and what he did. He said, When I got the script, I wrote on it the wages of sin is death. Yeah. And what was really interesting about that for me is, and this kind of goes back to that whole we we're talking about. It's really around Roger's house that you start yeah. to go, oh, this guy might not be solid. Right. In the film, when you watch it the first time through, or at least me, I really thought this guy might just have seen too much, and now he's just, oh, he's just a hard case. Yeah. But when you watch it again, what's really interesting is you see his, for the sake of you know continuity here, you see his sin. Mm-hmm. Early on in the film, he's arrogant. Mm-hmm. He's aggressive as all get out. Yeah. Even the way that he talks about when he goes to visit Eva Mendez, and he's like, "Who? Where are we going?" And he's like, "Oh, it's one of my jewels, one of my diamonds." The implication being, I, I have, have many, many women out yeah, there, right? And this, this is, is one, just of them. one of them. He treats women poorly, right? Again, not that this is because I mean I'm not one for including you know if it's in the, if it's been deleted from the film it's not part of the picture, right? But even the deleted scenes, another one I was watching today is him like he's like kind of like catcalling these women from across the street, and Hoyt's kind of like, "What are you doing?" You know what I mean? And it's awkward. But the whole thing being that the way that he treats other people, the way that he uh, behaves He's, on it. He got away with way too much, way too long. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and, and you start to see from the beginning, this yeah. guy's... Right. And I don't... I, I, I want to... It's, it's hard. He's not a good guy, right? No. Right. But it's interesting because he's a bad guy. Right. But... But truth Denzel has got even, him to where he's at, I think, to some extent. You know yes. what I mean? So I think that he has... Uh, he He has, like... A lot of his logic is grounded in truth. You know sure. what I mean? But it is something where... Uh, well, what I... Yeah. Go ahead, Seth. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I, I think that... Um, I think that that's probably the most... Uh, the best thing you could say about him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you you almost have to question how he, he lasted as long as he has. You know what right, I mean? But right. I think that he got, you know... I get think, good or get good yeah. at it. And yeah. he got good at it. You know what I mean? I, I go, Going back to your morality of Alonzo and his sins being portrayed up front I think ultimately what's fascinating is even criminals see right through it yeah all his boys and yes mm-hmm. in the jungle so to speak are like man I'm tired of this yeah they're tired of Alonzo right you, you see uh, not smiley I think it is smiley seasoned yeah. criminal been through it all and he's saying I won't even shake his hand I won't even shake his hand right um there's not even a code of honor with with no. Alonzo, which it, it which no. Is, and where, where these people demise. are only cordial with him because of the weight he holds against them. Right. And so they tolerate him until it's time not to tolerate him. And they see once they recognize, okay, our boy Hoyt's got the upper hand here. <laughs> now it's time to flip the tables the way it should have been. Yeah. Because you don't treat clearly. That, yeah, you know, it, Alonzo's under the impression my loyalty is going to win here. Yeah. Most people love me. Mm-hmm. He may even think, you know, for the sense of the scripts, you know, there's this element of like, 
well, this is a very predominantly black neighborhood. There's a white cop now that's got right. a gun. And so you think like, oh, okay, well, maybe Alonzo is going to come out here. And they're like, nah. That, you got us oh, twisted. You, you, you got us twisted. Yeah. And you you got to put your own worker in around here. Right. And so that's... Well, you have to realize, you have to, you have to be wise enough to know what racism is uh, mm-hmm. predicated on, which yeah. is power. Yeah. And what's his name? And that goes back to what you were saying. Like, what's his name was more racist than anyone in the film? Right. Um, right. Right. Uh, Alonzo. Alonzo, yeah. You know and again, I mean? the question kind just, of becomes. He was a powerhouse. He right. was a powerhouse at his job. He was a powerhouse. His job was his life. And that, yeah. you know, they meshed too much. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. And, and again, it's like, and, and it, you got to. The question kind of becomes, again, was he always that way? Mm hmm. We don't or know. was it this slow fade? And I, I yeah. think that from from what you hear from Roger, and even yeah. what you hear from his own mouth, I think that he probably was a fade. Yeah. Where he got more and more control, and he his heart got more and more dark. Right. And and yeah. turned more and more against what is right. And it's interesting because you know he even there's a point where he even says to Hoyt, and I believe him. He says, "Listen, no matter what I said, you did the right thing." Yeah. And I think that 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 still lurks in him. I think it's just so buried because even myself, like when I watch this again, I kind of, especially this time around, I wanted to be like, is there any, can I get, can I come to bat for real, for anything with Alonzo? And more and more you're like, no, especially when you realize he was going to kill Hoyt. Oh yeah. That was from the beginning. And so it's like, this guy is all for what? Because he wants to cover up his tracks for what he did in Las Vegas. Yep. And what he did in Las Vegas is, again, let his power and mm-hmm. his arrogance... Yep, dominate. Dominate the situation. Yep. And he made a mistake that he couldn't he couldn't rectify. Right. Because you play with fire long enough, right? Yep. You can get burned. And again, going back to what Denzel said, or I should say what the Bible says and mm-hmm. Denzel quoted, <laughs> is the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. But the contrast to that being Jake Hoyt, yeah. who's like this portrait of meek, you know, right. he's, he's meek, he's kind, he's good-natured. And again, he might be a little bit too soft at some points, but I think that that's what's so important about this picture, and I think that that's really what kind of, I think that's one of the things that really is so important for anybody who's watching it to take away from the film, is that the world is tough, but you got to be careful. You've got to, to, on some level, I guess you got to guard your heart. Yeah. It's all about smiles and laughs, right? Smiles and cries. It's all smiles and cries, sorry. It's all about your smiles and cries. But he's not wrong when he says that. No. And I, I think that's always something that, I, I, that stuck out to me more this time as well. Yeah. Is he's like, you got to protect that stuff. Yeah. I think that, I think at the end of the day, you have to be... I, I think you have, I think the uh, goal to strive towards is to be a, a, a good, dangerous man. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because if you can be a good, dangerous man, then then, you know... The world is your oyster, but no, I mean I, I you know, because I definitely think that uh, I think that Jake gets to a place where he has to do what needs to be done, and I think that 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 has to get extracted from him. Well, in that way, I guess he did learn from Alonzo, right? And he did. And that's learn. the irony of it all. That's the right. irony of it all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and those and those what twelve hours? You did or, what you had to, to do. do. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, eighteen hours, right? Yeah, because eighteen from, hours. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's from it's from. Dawn until midnight. Well, yeah, he starts it at, you know, like, I think it starts at 5 or 6 in the morning, the opening scene. That's right. And then, yeah, he, he pulls up in his ragtag. And that's what I love, too. You're in the like office. The end, the end scene is actually Jay pulling up in this ratty, I don't mm-hmm. know if he saw the car. It's oh, just yeah. like, he, he's, you know, 
Well, and he's beat to crap. He, he looks awful. And that's what I wanted to touch on was he gets roasted. Right. I mean, beat up bad. He, right. he should have had broken ribs. There's three times he gets absolutely annihilated. Right. But what overcomes his physical ailments, if you will, is his heart constantly. Yeah. It's just powering through constantly. He gets he jumps from the roof jumps to the car. I mean, he gets beat up by the bombs and it's scrappy as all get out. Oh yeah. That he somehow manages to be on top with Alonzo just like laughing, smoking a cig, right. watching. So mm-hmm. that was great. Right. <laughs> so there's that scene. He gets beat up there. He gets roasted at Smiley's house. Oh, bad. Oh, bad. Like beer bottles on the head. I mean, yeah. I always love that scene, by the yeah. way, because the uh, specifically the part where he goes, "Dude, this was just not, business, this was all, nothing but business." Yeah. Because ever since the first time I watched that, I was like, "Dude, just be like, yeah, yep. no, we're cool. Yeah, and get out. Yeah, and bust out yep. because you got that's a dick sex machia of, that, of a situation right. you just right. found you yourself know, what's, in." What's funny is that I teared up this know. time watching that part, especially when he's like saying, "He's like, I've got a family. I've got, I have a little girl." Yeah. Well, due to the uh, due to the fact that I've seen this movie so many times, and it's it's been a few years since I've seen it last. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, um, going into it, watching it today, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, is that gonna seem cheesy? This this climax mm-hmm. of them of them him saving his right. cousin or his uh, niece. Yeah, right? it was his cousin. Yeah, his, his cousin. His cousin. Okay. And him finding the wall, and then them. Finding yeah, the I'm wall like, is that gonna play out cheesy? But what's so funny is that Tuco. Yeah, Salamanca. Tuco Salamanca. Yeah, what do you say? He says something like, "Like this is like magic." Or something. Yeah, like, he says. He like, says. Oh yeah, what's like some trippy shit? Yeah, bro. yeah. He says like that, that, but yeah. then he says something else. I thought. Pretty much, he's like, he's like, this is like out of this world, and it is. But I mean, at the same time, I think that it plays well to the. Well, yeah, and I, you're right. I think that adding story, that. Yeah, and I think that you're right. I think it, adding that in the script had to have helped the situation because that was actually the people yeah. who had, um, qualms with the film. That's where they kind of came from, as they felt like I think they felt that it was a little bit too much of like a coincidence, mm-hmm. like towards the ending. But okay. here's the thing: I think that if you were, if the story is about morality, like yeah. this is one of those situations I think where you have to kind of go, okay, but we're suspending like realism to drive home a message, sure, right? And at it's the end a, of the day, it is fiction. It is a parable, yeah. right? Yeah, it's 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 it's, yeah. it's supposed to be a parable, and if it's right. a parable, what they're trying to say is that because he did the right thing, yeah. that saved him, right? So. Right. And then there's the third time he gets beat up, <laughs> like <laughs> roasted. By now, obviously, this is you know we're reaching the conclusion of the film where he gets just absolutely destroyed by Alonzo. He's smashing him through windows. I mean, like I, I'm trying to like physically feel the pain you would like getting a metal chair right over your back i think about that every time i watch it because when alonzo's kind of like standing over them it really does look like this like weak small animal yeah and then like a like a predator yeah standing over him yeah it's he's he's i mean he's an intimidating absolutely right absolutely and then he just and even then He's been beat up three times enough to probably get hospitalized, oh, and yeah. he just is like, "Nope, just sending it from the top floor." Yeah, it's <laughs> onto awesome. the car. And I love that drive. I love that heart. I love. You can't. You can't. I I, I can't describe it. Just his heart, because you can beat it up. You. Can, 
and I don't want to go off topic to another film, but there's a scene in The Matrix where he's like, why do you keep getting up? It's like, because I choose because to. Because I choose to, yeah, yeah, in the third one. Yeah. And yeah. that's 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 Ethan Hawke, man. That's Jake Hoyt. Yeah. Because awesome. I choose to. Yeah. Ethan Hawke. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. You were saying that you read a GQ. Watched a GQ. Uh, oh, you watched a GQ. It was, it was on YouTube. It's like some GQ uh, interview he had. Regarding all the films, they the GQ had a bunch of interviews with like Mark Wahlberg and some other guys, and they had Ethan Hawke on there, and he was going on about the different films he's done, um, whether it be the directors or the other actors and whatnot. So, yeah, he's gotten really tight with like especially like Richard Linklater. Yeah, I know that he, he helped write, I think all of mm-hmm. the Before trilogy, right? Which you really need to see. I know, and I'll let you borrow at some yeah. point soon. But it, it's. Have you seen all of those? The Before Trilogy? Um, no. Those are absolutely excellent. Yeah. yeah. And and he's he has a quote. I remember watching an interview with him not that long ago, and he's so great, because I, I love Ethan Hawke. I'm a yeah. big Ethan Hawke fan. And he said he is like, basically, I, I could sound pretentious, mm-hmm. but like at least I'm trying. Like, that's his thing. He's like, I want to really try there. Yeah. And I remember actually even watching, he, he talked a lot about Training Day. Yeah. And about how this really brought him to... right. A little bit more into, like, the... Because he was always kind of, like, in independent films. And this kind of got, gave him, like, a shot right. at being... In, especially when you were in a film with Denzel. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he won Best Actor. Yeah. Denzel won Best Actor for this film. Right. And so, like, let's talk about him a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. Because, obviously, he's fantastic in this. Well, he frustrates... Something regarding Denzel that frustrates me is that he almost gets, like... Everyone loves Denzel. Mm-hmm. But then he gets, like kind of like uh pigeonholed into this aspect of being this like uh b actor where when you he's think not, so i do f- think so because for a long time I, he was like dude this is a le- this is the leading man here this guy's for a little bit yeah especially I mean, in the late two th- late 90s right. to early 2000s yeah 90s dominated with glory um, i know but yeah, even Mount movies Max like, like uh yes. and i'm not it's hard because i'm not trying to say like they're like the most in-depth films ever but like the equalizers and whatnot. Like I know, sure. like it's a, it's like a joke, but that's what's frustrating. Is I'm like, it's not though, because his acting is like phenomenal. Yeah, throughout the all of these movies, and a big good one is uh, Man on Fire. I already mentioned this uh, to one of the po- podcasts prior to this, but when we did Man on Fire, or uh, I had John Allen watch that, and he was like, "This is a joke, pretty much." And I'm like, "And I'm calling you out, John." By the way, um, <laughs> you can tell him to get out. Because yeah. anytime you match up Denzel and Christopher Walken, I don't care what film you have. Yeah, exactly. Magic. Chris is odd. Chris is. This is. Yeah. to paint his masterpiece. Yeah. Well, like, that's he, so rude that, to disrespect Denzel and Christopher. He said that. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't have the stones to tell me it. He he told Sean it. Wow. He told John, he was like, I can't do yeah, this thanks movie. thanks for putting me on blast. Yeah. Why, um, what was his qualms? Coming for you, brother. He thought um, that it was directed poorly. It was he directed that it was poorly, and it was like, I don't know. I mean, like, because it's directed oddly. I think he, I think he thought it was heavy-handed in terms of its... its... What effort. It's a vengeance movie. But, but you know, well, and, and furthermore, it's a, it's a movie about sacrifice, and I, I mentioned that because yeah. I think that that was... Right. When he was talking That's about exa- the films and the reason he picks the roles he does because of a faith element, an article I was reading... Um, pretty recently was actually specifically talking about okay why he picked uh man on fire and talking about the sacrifice Which, element. to be honest with you I didn't, I didn't even know that but i've always loved that that's my always been my favorite aspect of man on fire is the fact that you have a guy this is not his kid 
this is not his family. You yeah. know what I mean? But he's willing to go the distance. Yeah. You know what I mean? To try uh, yeah, absolutely. To, see, you know, do what he does. So, whatever the case, I mean, it's something where, but with Denzel, I feel, I, I do. I feel like Denzel has kind of got the shaft uh, for the last couple of years. Oh, okay. Yeah. You don't, okay, I misunderstood. You're not saying you think that he's um, become a big B-movie actor. You're saying that the no. movies that he's, no. okay, gotcha. I misunderstood. I feel, I feel like people see him that way, and I'm like, yeah. Are you Oh, yeah, these, yeah, I know, I know the Equalizer franchise and things like that. I have, Seth, I literally was thinking about this good, just today. by the way. Sure. Really good, even, you know. I haven't seen them. It's Denzel, and he's the lead right. actor, and I he's know. in 80% of the film, so. So it's going to be good. It's not great, I mean, especially because it almost feels like, like, uh, feels like a lesser man on fire sure. in ways but yeah but no but again i, I do get what you mean because it's like when wh- what was the last which i mean let's do this real quick what was the last great i mean you say what was the last ethan hawk film that was great and I'm, of course i'm gonna go to first reform what was the last great denzel washington film what was the last flight, movie he was in hands down flight that's the answer Flight, yeah for sure for me that film's excellent mm-hmm. yeah 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 Talk about authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's some raw. Yeah, and talk about like making a film about like Doing alcoholism. What's right. Doing what's Yeah, right. and yeah. also making alcoholism not feel like a um I don't know, some like awkward, weird, preachy uh you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Like, it could have easily come off as like a this sermon about how you need to get help and it really was it really felt much more authentic than that. You're right. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Denzel, I don't know if you guys knew this actually, and going back to his kind of, uh, intentional, you know, mindset towards the roles he picks and what he's doing with them in this film, they originally were going to have, I I think that it was going to, the last time we would see Denzel's when he's lighting up the cigarette after everybody's left and Jake leaves with the money. Okay. And he goes, what a day. What a day. I think that that, that was going to be the last time we saw him. And then at the end, we were going to hear... A Los Angeles narcotics officer. Yeah. yeah. Was murdered, was killed today, yeah. serving a high-risk warrant. And that's sure. how we would learn he died. Right. Denzel said, if I'm going to do this film, I want him to... I want you to see the consequence of his actions. And, <laughs> yeah. And I want him... And the... the, the, the uh, uh, he actually used the term I, I want him to he wants him he said he wanted him to be crawling around on the floor like a snake really yeah okay so that kind of comes to the, they blast the car right and yeah. then he crawls out and he's yeah. looking like you know and yeah. he still stands up which by the way I think is a really great way to do that because on one hand you still see the tenacity of Alonzo in that yeah. he gets out and this stands beast, up this beast yeah right yeah. he's a like this dude's a monster at the right. same time you see that, you know, what does that matter? And, and I mean, and we've talked about this all the time, but I'm like, I don't think, if you say, oh, that guy got lit up, <laughs> my brain immediately goes yeah. to, I've never seen someone, it's, it's wild, dude. Yeah. I was watching it today. Yeah, it's good. And it, with, it's yeah. One. yeah. It just, I, I, and I'm like, I've oh, never and, seen and, and, somebody pulsate like that oh my gosh just just take it he gets annihilated yeah i i can't think maybe casino has worth worse death portrayals dude i haven't seen i haven't seen casino in probably 15 years yeah yeah um the uh in 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 
the other thing too is that then this gets said a lot right is like no other actor could pull i really don't know if any other actor could have done i don't believe that any other actor could have done the job that denzel washington did in this film on multiple levels the first being the fact that you instantly have this like desire to trust yes and this, mm-hmm. this, this, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. And you have like a natural, uh, I, I was, someone was just today was saying that there's like a natural empathy that you have towards Denzel. You just do. Yeah. And so you have this natural empathy towards watching he's, him. He's so charming. He he's always, so, so charming. charming. Yeah. He's, I mean, when we're quoting this film, who are you quoting? Denzel. Right. Alonzo yeah. Harris. Yeah. He's, he's incredible. And I think that when it comes to this film, it's actually true because he's, he's naturally likable. Yes. He's a naturally likable yes. actor. Yeah. And then to have him turn like that and twist it like that, it just draws you in like nothing else, man. Right. It's fantastic. Well, and then on the flip side, I think that uh, that's true with Ethan Hawke as well. Yeah. Yes. I, I really can't see someone because he plays the uh, almost like timid, this naive gentle, uh, kid. Right. First, and into a man, you know what I mean? By the in end. contrast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think that he does. You're right. I think that there is definitely because those are both. I mean, again, I've seen, let's put it this way, I love Ethan Hawke enough that I'm, like, tempted to watch, like, I think, wasn't he in Sinister or something? I don't know. I'm tempted to watch that, because I'm pretty sure that he's in one of those, like, PG-13, I want to try to be, you know. Yeah, something. The horror movie hit. Something you bring your middle school girlfriend to. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. at Abacoa. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of those. That's a real niche yeah. reference for uh, yeah for South Floridians. <laughs> for, for South Floridians. Yeah, they'll yeah. know. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> 2003, 2006. <laughs> they'll know. So I wanted to ask you, um, mm. being in this line of work, yeah, mm-hmm. Watson. What what uh, what would it look like after when he goes home to his wife? Like, <laughs> what, what would his next day look like? <laughs> <laughs> not kidding that's, you I did think okay. about and I guess maybe that's a testimony to growing up right is sure. that I was laying on my couch like but wait but hold on <laughs> right so Jake he's like I, I told you I got my evidence you know what I mean like yeah. Jake you've got a world of explaining to do he wouldn't even get home at that time there's no way right yeah. he's going to go through well, let's just say he went home let's say let's uh, Let's just say he's like, I'm going home and going to sleep. It's been an 18-hour day. Yeah, but the problem is he's got some serious evidence on him that he needs to turn okay. over. Okay. And he's got to explain, well, what's this money? And that it would just all unravel, obviously. Yeah. We shot Roger. This was a, you know, a homicide. Would he lose his job? <sighs> you don't know. I don't, I, that's so hard. That's I, feel like, I hope not, right? Jake. I mean, oh man, Jake. Oh, Jake. He would be in a world. Uh, I don't even want to think about the, the actual real, <laughs> the, re- the paperwork, the real life. What that? I I can't even fathom because it's fiction. So we just have right. to accept it's right. fiction. But like, okay, so they shoot Roger. Yeah. Obviously, a shoot team's gonna come out. They're gonna interview everybody. We don't know what Hoyt says, but Alonzo's like, we're going to go back to the station before they visit Smiley and all them. He's like, we're going to go back to the station. He'll walk you through it. He's a good guy, yada, yada. He'll tell him what happened. So we're just going to assume Hoyt went with Alonzo's story. Right. 
and everybody else that was there. We have to because if Hoyt bucked the system, we would have known. We it, the film wouldn't have progressed. Right. It would have stopped. Like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> Roger was murdered, <laughs> <laughs> and you stole this much money. What are you What are you talking about? Um. So yeah, no that there there's so a he, lot of here's like, another question: Would he have gotten sent home after that big situation happened? They wouldn't go back out on the road. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah, an officer okay. involved shooting. He would have right. been on suspension. You know. Yeah. No no day. no. I think what no, he no, means is I mean um, Hoyt is let's say okay so they all go to the office mm-hmm. after Roger gets roasted. Yeah. And they go well here's the deal, Hoyt blasted him. Yeah. And now here you know. Right. Would, they wouldn't would, send him would, back out. Would they? No, would he continue no. his shift that day? No, no. Okay, that that, that would have been so that so that it ends there. So it falls yeah. apart there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. but it, we we just we just have to roll it's with fiction, it because it's fiction. Yeah. Breathe, dog. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, so it's 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 funny because when we talk about so when when we decided because I know you were between two films and we won't mention the other film right, right now because they'll be probably, a later we'll, we'll do it yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. but you were between two films when we mm-hmm. when we uh, approached you with this idea of you know coming on the show yeah. I guess that's what I'll call, call it yeah. and um, when we when you decided training day and again this was this is this is one of my oldest like when I started becoming like a real like I would say film connoisseur sure like when I actively sought them out this was one of the very first ones. Like, this is one of the first DVDs I owned. Mm. Like, in, like, probably the first, like, five DVDs I owned was yeah. Training Day. And and it was, uh, this this is a big deal to me. So I really wanted to bring everything I could to it, right? Um, and hopefully we've done that to some success. Because it's a simple story, but right. there's, a, it's, there's a lot to, to pick apart from it. Sure. Now, the reason that I... I give you all that is because I like I said I watched this behind the scenes feature of it I watched all the deleted scenes of this film and the reason I'm telling you all that is because in the deleted scenes there's actually one there was an alternate ending right and in the alternate ending Hoyt drives up to his house same thing everything uh, as we've seen you know and mm-hmm. car rolls up he's beat to crap mm-hmm. and a car rolls up behind him and who exits but the three wise men. Oh man! So the three wise men are like, "Where's what? What are you doing?" And he's like, "I mean, he's like, I'm going home or whatever, you know." And they're like, "Where's the the money?" And he's like, "I dropped it off at Evans." Oh. <laughs> and, and, then, and then they just roll off, dude. And he goes inside, and then it starts playing. Like, you know, an LA, you know, PD spokesperson. So the three wise men are like, "Oh, yeah, right, yeah." Because you were saying that watching it around this time... Yeah, there's a specific scene after he finishes his meal with the three wise men. He puts 40 grand in the trunk of one of their vehicles. And, uh, you know, they drive away from the restaurant, Alonzo and Jake. And uh, Jake's like, what was the money for? And Alonzo's you like, know. He's like, you sure you want to know? And right. he's like, yeah, I want to know. And then Alonzo says, nothing in this world's free, even arrest warrants. Because and I don't want to know. Jake's like, I don't want to know that. Right. And that's, that. oh, goodness. You know, it, that's that's as filthy as it gets. You know what I mean? Well, but. so they, yeah, they wanted to cut that film. They wanted to cut that scene because they thought right. that it dragged the film along. And they were like, ah, it's just like a weird, like... That's an arrest. But the reason that they, they um, the director and I believe David Ayer as well fought so hard to uh, 
keep that scene in is yeah. because they they wanted Alonzo to represent. They didn't want him to just be this like renegade cop. Yeah. They wanted him to be part of a ultimately corrupt system. Absolutely. They wanted to emphasize, right. you know, they because you were saying that these guys when you heard the terms that they were, these were some these were high Right. So one of them is part of the district attorney's office who investigates officer involved shootings who would have most likely responded to this homicide of Roger. Right. <laughs> right. So there's that um <laughs> another one was I think he said a captain of uh, special investigations. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I, I forget what the, the the other one did. Um, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But these are very powerful men within the, you know, district attorney's office and even the LAPD. Yeah. Um. So once Alonzo's like, oh, this forty grand was for that, which ultimately provides the power they have necessary to enter Roger's home mm-hmm. all guns ablazing, which is Alonzo's ultimate purpose is now to get that money, which is enough to pay off the Russians. Right. So there's like I really tried to dissect his whole agenda with Jake. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry from an evil perspective, I'm like this man puts so many, I don't know how many hours yeah. he put into thinking it up. But if you think back to like, okay, we're going to stop this car. It's going to have some marijuana in it. We're going to get it off these punk kids. I want to see how you, you, you operate. Right. But really, he's trying to get that particular set of you know marijuana that's laced with LSD right. so Jake can smoke it, so he can get high, so everything he testifies is garbage. Right. So now, so that's, that's where it kicks off. Yeah. And then we just roll into this... Holy mackerel, dude! It's it's a Rabbit beautiful yeah. orchestrated evil, diabolical plan, <laughs> right? To ultimately save his own skin, his skin. Yeah. He's out for himself the whole time, right. and the whole time he's manipulating Jake with you know his, oh I you know I was just like yada yada, and yeah. so Jake's just unaware. But ultimately, what Alonzo doesn't account for is, I think what they're trying to portray is Jake's heart. Mm-hmm. And Jake's heart ultimately overcomes. Well, and that's something that I, I appreciate about the... I mean, you were talking about, you know, everything that went into what... How he put together the script, right? Mm-hmm. And how... I mean, for, and for that matter, by extension of David Ayer's writing, how brilliant Alonzo's plan was, right? Yeah. And how truly diabolical it was. And uh, I think that there's a lot of this film, and that's something else that I really do appreciate about it is that there's so much that so much thought that went into even like small levels of it um the the last thing that i kind of really want to touch on just for the sake of you know covering the bases of what's interesting i think about this film is that uh, the director antoine fuqua mm-hmm. he he uh he wanted to go out of his way to film a lot of places this this uh, training that was filmed were, were legitimate uh, projects in really rough areas. Yeah. And some of them I don't think he had, he have, had even ever been filmed in. No. But he wanted to go out of his way, and I think that even a lot of the extras in it were people from that community. And they were yep. talking about how they were like, and you brought this on early, earlier where you were talking about how, you know, these people who you could easily write off as criminals or whatever, sure. they had 
Hoyt's back, right? And they didn't right. they didn't like Alonzo. And I think that uh, this is something that all of the cast was talking about, and the director and even David Ayer, who grew up himself in like a really rough area in Hollywood. He they were like, when you get down to it, these people in these like really rough areas that you read about or whatever, they're just they're still people. Yep. You can make it all about like the statistics and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, that there's a hold validity because obviously they do. But that's also not to say that you don't go into these like quote unquote rough areas and you don't find mothers trying to put their kids through school. Yep. And you don't try and try to find guys trying to, you know, men and women trying to go to work mm-hmm. to try to make money for their family. Yeah. You still find these things, yep. you know? Yeah. And I just really appreciated the the authenticity that he went to and the fact that there's these there's these aspects that are laced through the film that are so important to the cast and crew. And uh, I think that they did a really good job with all that, which I really appreciate. That was kind of the last, you know, element that I wanted to approach about the film. Um, if, uh, if you guys don't have anything else, Watson, I'd kind of like you... To, to give us the last word about your, uh, kind of a takeaway for this picture. Sure. So not to get particularly religious or anything, but there's a verse in the Bible, I believe it's in Matthew, where uh, Jesus says, I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. You need to be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Um, but how I perceive it in reference to training day is... You need to be shrewd as Alonzo and innocent as Jake. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's really think, the key. Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Key. Yeah, and I and I am glad you used that because I, I actually when I was thinking about the the faith of the director and the faith of Denzel and mm-hmm. all that playing into kind of lace throughout the the film weave yeah. throughout the film, I really thought that 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 was the first that kind of came to mind. Yeah, and I don't know. Yeah, I think that's as good of a place to end as any. Um, as I said before. I don't have an official sign-off, so all the things I normally say, if you really would, here's something I definitely appreciate. Drop us a, a review on uh, iTunes. Yeah. And, you know, if you have a friend who loves Training Day, send him the episode. Uh, and I hope that's the case kind of for any of these episodes. As always, thank you for listening. Peace. Are you sheep or are you wolf? Peace. <laughs>